while the world is changing and people are looking for apartments differently, your presence online needs to be just as polished, just as consistent and sending the right message to the renters that you're looking to target. Hello, and welcome to Sink or Swim, a bi-weekly podcast brought to you by RentSync, where we provide an insider's look into the prop tech, multifamily, and rental housing industry. In each episode, we take a deep dive into the technologies and strategies that have helped companies overcome operational challenges and increase the value of their multifamily investments. So without further delay, let's get into today's discussion. Welcome back to a new season of Sink or Swim with me, your host, Mitch Fanning. And to kick things off, joining me today is Austin Joins, a 14-year veteran of the purpose-built rental industry in Canada with expertise in operations, marketing, leasing, and design for both existing and new-build communities. Austin, how are you doing today? Great, Mitch. How are you? I'm fantastic. Thank you. So what what I want to do is I just want to start by maybe expanding on that intro and uh, by by maybe you telling us a little bit more about yourself and how you got started in the industry. Sure. I uh, I came up through the uh, the property management um, I guess side of the industry. You know, everybody who works in property management uh, has a story about how they got into property management, and typically it's you didn't plan to get into it; you just kind of fell into it. Uh, and I, I took a summer job as a uh, as a leasing agent while I was in university, uh, and said to myself, I couldn't do this for the rest of my life. How does anybody make a career out of this? And and very quickly got the got the bug for it and 14 years later here I am it just seems to be something I gravitate back towards you know I've, I've had the great opportunity to work for you know, leading uh, real estate developers owners managers you know who who've been driven by this vision that there there must be a better way to to, to build and manage apartments and a, and, a, and a better way to provide a good value to to residents and that's something that's always uh, always guided me in terms of in terms of my kind of career uh and, and barometer so as a follow-up to that again i you know just based on some research i did you mentioned you started uh a, a, or maybe you, you mentioned you started in, in property management but uh, based on the research you spent some time as a as a leasing agent or in operations so my question is how did that help you become uh, a better apartment marketer uh, yeah, I I, uh, I lump uh, property management and leasing together because it's often uh, as a leasing agent wearing a bunch of different hats. Sure. And uh, uh, you know, I I think the one thing that's always stuck with me is uh from the time that I was a leasing agent was was just that you know as as much as you know apartments are a, a segment of of commercial real estate uh, and there are some real estate fundamentals that really help to drive results. It's it is really the the people side of the business. That makes it the, the biggest difference, I think, from a from a good a manager or a good kind of residential uh, experience to to a great one. And so it's always through that lens of of people and of end users that I've that I've tried to approach um, marketing, property management, operations, development, design, kind of all those different uh, verticals, and uh, and and have always you know come out on the other side, I think, successful. No, thank you for sharing that. That's that's excellent. So. Let's look at 2021, and I'm going to start out with maybe a, a pretty broad question, but uh, but we can kind of get into the details uh, as we uh, as we follow up on it. You know, obviously we've come through a pretty interesting year in 2020. Uh, so the question is, you know, what does leasing an apartment look like in 2021 
versus 2020 and and really you know in your mind in your view what's what's really changed I don't know if anything has changed particularly, uh, you know, 2020 has definitely accelerated. I think the, the importance uh, and the prevalence of digital presence and of uh, virtual content for a lot of property owners who might not have necessarily been on that bus already, not only virtual content, but also virtual service, you know, something that, that we've, that we all have always talked about uh, on our teams you know, that, uh, you know, in, in any organization that I've, uh, that I've had the opportunity to work on is, is, is digital curb appeal and this idea um, that parallel to your building's curb appeal, the, you know, when somebody drives by that the, the, the exterior looks nice, that the building looks appealing, at least relative to, uh, to your next door neighbor. But the, that, you know, while the, the world is changing and people are looking for apartments differently, your, the presence uh, on, your presence online needs to be, um, you know, just as polished, just as consistent, and and sending the right message to the renters um, that you're looking to target. And so these conversations about digital curb appeal have been happening more and more and more, you know, amongst the the, the different properties that uh, that I've been working on. And you can see the, you know, the the, the property owners that buy into, you know, the a, a consistent message and brand targeted at a renter. You know, versus uh, something that that might be a little bit more piecemeal or not have the same kind of cohesion, ha- have been more resilient and performing better, I think, than than those that don't. Yeah, it's you know one of the things I've always said is you know last year was really the things that people should have been doing all along. They they started to kind of they they started to do so. It's 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 interesting is that the COVID all it's really done is accelerated the fact that you should have been you know you should have had a digital footprint. You should have been doing these things. Uh, you should have had digital curb appeal prior to that, but it's really just accelerated it. And as a follow up to that, you know you know when it comes to just looking at you know the product or marketing strategy, you know in two thousand and twenty one, you know how should apartment marketers or just property uh, property managers approach the design stage or even like uh, concepts like programmatic uh, living or even amenities. And I guess in other words, you know, kind of tongue in cheek, should everybody be promoting the fact that, you know, you can have a, a home office in your space or, or uh, they should be doing like virtual events versus uh, physical events to get, get residents together as far as engagement. Like what, what's your sense there as far as how people are, are approaching these, these things versus say, you know, pre pre COVID. You know, I think, I think, you know, the last year has been no different than any other kind of, you know, instant that we've had where people's, you know, lives have changed or lifestyles have changed. And, and, you know, what a, a lot of developers that I talk to uh, are going through is trying to, trying to weed through what is trend and what is going to be, what what is what what constitutes an actual I think change to the landscape or change to how people live, you know for for me when 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 I'm counseling or providing recommendations to to a developer you know the the objective is always to marry kind of product people and positioning, and right now you know people are experiencing working from home they're experiencing you know, all of these different elements that they would typically have in, in their office that they're needing to bring into their home, they wouldn't have to ha- wouldn't have to deal with before. Compounded on top of that, amenities are closed. And so they can't go and use the common spaces that are typically created for co-working. I think, I think right now, marketing to apartment units uh, that have space or that can be designed and, and 
contain a, a home office are definitely more appealing than than the ones that don't. Um, but but are there changes that are going to be happening in design trends? I don't know. I, I I don't think so. I think you know what we'll see when the pandemic comes out is is more of a hunger for closeness and community and being around people for the people who've been starved for that for the last year. Um, and I don't know that people are going to want to continue to self isolate. So you know I think I think there's been a lot of a lot of commentary about the, the the death of the office. Do I think that that's actually going to come to bear given how people are feeling and how socially isolated folks are feeling? I, I, I don't. I think working from home is probably going to be um, more common than not, but I, I don't know that it's necessarily going to be this huge life change that it's been for the last year, thus driving changes to the way that we're laying out apartments or thinking about people's living spaces. I'm, not convinced it as of yet, but I'm willing to be convinced. Yeah, I mean, I can speak for myself. Um, I think there's definitely going to be a hybrid moving forward, and we're, we're kind of going off script, but there's definitely going to be a hybrid when it comes to remote work. But I can say for myself and for my team, um, the whole appetite for remote isn't as much as it was, say, pre. In other words, a lot of people wanted to have that. Now people are starting to over-index on wanting to be together. Uh, even just for the sake of just having an informal, casual conversation, or just being being in that space. So I think I think there's definitely going to be a hybrid, but it's you know you know the, definitely everything's kind of out of the box now, and it's it's going to definitely be interesting. And, and I don't think it's going to go um, right back to the way it was, but I, I think there'll definitely be a bit of, a bit of a mix uh, in between. And I also think too. Uh, you know, what I hear you say over and over again, what I've heard, you know, my previous guests say is it's, it's really sticking to the fundamentals, right? It's all it really is as far as, you know, leasing up apartments is just sticking to the fundamentals and doing the things that you should have always been doing. So it's, it's kind of interesting that, uh, you also keep, keep kind of reverting back to that in terms of looking at people, product and, and positioning. Um, so switching gears, let's let's talk about the the industry as a whole, or even like the profession of, of property management. And so I'm obviously not from the industry. So what what I've seen as as kind of fascinating is that over the last you know five to ten years, the multifamily real estate industry, and I would say even North America, not just in Canada, has has obviously been disrupted by technology. And I think obviously there has been a lot of other industries that have been disrupted. I just think this one has been a bit of a laggard, but in over the last five to 10 and specifically probably the last three to five that that's accelerated. So I guess my question is, do you think this continue, uh, this trend is going to continue? And, you know, if so, like, how do you see it kind of playing out? You know, I, I think, I definitely think it's going to continue, uh, you know, I think as in apartments, we respond to, changes in the way people live. And technology has fundamentally changed the way that people live. Smart home technologies like, uh, you know, uh, Alexa or Google Home, for example, you know, were introduced, you know, probably in their like Ross form, probably about five years ago. And it's taken us this long to start incorporating the, these type of technologies into our, into our design and into our design thinking. Because I think that, you know, we, we, thinking about the the apartment development industry, you know, respond to these things once they hit a critical mass. And once we, again, we realize that they're, they're not a trend, but they're an actual change in the way um, that, that people are living and, and this adoption of, of, um, 
of voice technology, I think, has really started to drive um, selection of different thermostats, the ability to incorporate different uh, smart home technologies into, into uh, one's home on the design side. In single family homes, you know, you saw in custom homes, people were building in speaker systems and, and volume controls into the walls and stuff like that. And everybody in, in intercom systems, you know, as far back as the 80s. And now, you know, there's no need to, to incorporate any of that infrastructure into actual design. Everything is modular. Everything is plug and play. And I think that's what we're going to start to see evolve in, um, in the way that um, technology disrupts the multifamily industry, specifically from a design perspective, is that, you know, developers who can respond to and um, future-proof their, their apartments for those future innovations or, or, or thinking about the direction that these things are going to will be the ones who really see the return on their investment at the end of the day. From a, from a customer experience perspective, again, I think the adoption of technologies in terms of the way that we provide service to residents is very much demand-driven from residents, but is also, you know, key and crucial on the ability for your your site teams or the people who are actually responsible for executing service at the property level um, to be able to adopt. And as the apartment industry has changed to see uh, larger site teams on site and, you know, a property management companies, apartment operators have been able to really bring to bear, you know, the, the investment thesis that everyone's had all along that, you know, great service or differentiated service, programmatic living, you know, all of these, these um, service elements that go beyond just the bricks and mortar value proposition of an apartment can really add value to a, a resident's life and that they'd be willing to pay more for it. And so as site teams get bigger and capacity gets bigger and the level of sophistication of the teams who are actually running these properties move beyond just your, you know, your individual superintendent and go to a more professional property management model, professional apartment operations model, um, we're going to see technology um, systems, you know, the, the, the tech stack at, at the property level uh, increase and accelerate for sure. So not to put you on the spot, but you know, if I'm a if I'm a developer, I'm looking at purpose built. I'm looking at getting uh, getting kind of started uh, on a on a new project. You know, what are the from a, a smart technology point of view, or for, uh, when you're looking when you're at the design phase, like what are the must haves at this point? Like what are the like low hanging fruit? These are the things that if you if you're not thinking about if you're kind of old school and you're not thinking about it you're not you're not future proofing as you you know you use that term you're not future proofing your 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 uh your project you know i think i think that there are two things i'm going to preface that with saying that every renter is going to want something different and in trying Absolutely, to be all yeah. to all people and over engineering your product you're limiting your ability to be successful and i think you know starting out with understanding who your renter, who you anticipate your renter base to be, you know, trying to look, you know, three to five years out in terms of what, what, what it is that you think that they're going to want and nobody's got a crystal ball, but there are, there are ways that we can, you know, predict and project these things and programming your property or only incorporating those features that are really going to be value add to your, to that specific segment of renters is key to anyone's success. Broadly speaking, I think that the major trends that we're seeing kind of throughout the um, throughout the the industry are smart thermostats. There's a it's a win win. It's a it's a great feature for residents and for property owners. It um, it it helps with everybody's efforts towards sustainability in terms of being able to control 
temperature from outside the house um, and to be able to kind of monitor and understand overall utility consumption at the properties. Uh, the other interesting conversation that I'm, I'm constantly having with property owners right now is around parking and around, um, you know, whether or not to build in conduit uh, in your parking spaces in anticipation of, uh, of electric vehicles. Um, going forward, you know, there's there's obviously not a critical mass of individuals who are driving electric cars right now because they're so expensive, um, you know, but these assets that we're building today are going to be around, you know, ostensibly for the next 40, 50, 60, hopefully longer years. And in um, in trying to anticipate and or and again, future proof uh, property for, for the future, talking about whether or not, you know, you, you don't necessarily wire it today, but incorporating conduit so that you can have plugs at every parking spot is a is a is, an, is a conversation that I've been having more often than not. That's interesting. Yeah, I definitely think that the the Tesla is getting cheaper apparently. So uh, you'll you'll we'll see we'll see what happens, right? So indeed, <laughs> let's switch gears and, lo- and let's talk uh, internally now. I mean, you know, as a follow up to this, yeah. One thing that we're seeing as well, you know, internally with, with when you look at, you know, property management teams or owner operators who uh, have marketing and leasing teams internally uh, is the the evolution of the, the marketing and leasing tech stack itself. So the question I have is, you know, in your experience working with, with uh, you know, different organizations, on average, how many different marketing and leasing technologies does the typical property management or large apartment owner operator use these days? Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. Now back to the show. I'm going to say too many or not enough. And a bit of a cop out there, you know, I think you've got one side of the coin where you've got one side of the coin where uh, everything is still paper-based. You're filling in paper applications, signing a paper lease, submitting paperwork orders, and, and, you know, maybe using a couple of different uh, internet listing services to advertise your apartments. I think that that's pretty, pretty common these days. And then you've got the other side of the equation where there are just, you know, so many different programs um, you know, your accounting program, your leasing CRM, your, you know, the uh, mechanism through which you can manage all of your, your leads and listings, or, or even having to go to a bunch of different websites and, and manage your leads and listings, you know, your, your Google analytics, your uh, work order system, your apartment app, they all exist in different infrastructures or in, in different, in different ecosystems. And I think, you know, where, where that, poses the challenge, especially for as an operator for site staff is all of a sudden they're needing to operate in these, you know, different systems that that just don't talk to each other, and frankly, become less efficient than doing it the old paper way. And so you see a bunch of people, a bunch of companies adopting these, you know, these new technologies, and abandoning them quickly, because they're not being operationalized effectively, or they're, they're not able to, to talk to each other. And I think where we've seen companies coming to market with open APIs and, you know, the approach that, you know, the, the more these different systems or technologies can interact with each other, um, the higher or better the adoption rate is going to be. I, I think, I think that that's been a, a real game changer in terms of, uh, in terms of adoption of, of technologies. And I think, you know, no, no company is going to be able to be all things to all people. I think, you know, having a diverse tech, sa- tech stack is important, but ensuring that they, 
all of these different systems that you've got speak to one another and that the data that they're producing, you know, you have the ability, the ability to roll up into one, um, you know, one specific format or one specific area where you can connect and parse all those different touch points or, or service points uh, that you're, you're recording from your residents together um, will, will become very important over the next uh, over the next couple of years as we start to see people really be able to leverage the value of these technologies that they're incorporating in their in their operations. Yeah, and it's like again, it's no different from outside the industry when the tech stack starts to you know grow. Uh, they start out with these point solutions that solve a particular problem, but as they grow and grow and grow, a lot of these things have to talk to each other and they can't. So you know integrations is definitely something that uh, that I'm sure will get better uh, as uh, as as we move forward. Um, so one one thing I want to so when we're talking about the profession itself, uh, the you know the the apartment professional or the the property management professional, the 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 profession itself on on a podcast, and this was interesting. And this when I when I listened to this, this is one of the things you know this is really the catalyst of why I wanted to kind of talk to you on this uh, on the show. You you mentioned that property managers or marketers who focus on key metrics that owners care about, being you know NOI, accounts receivable, vacancy rates, uh, are going to be an emerging class. So my my question to you is, what's driving this change in terms of the evolution of this this uh, profession, and and why why do you think it it's, it took so long? Sure. I, I'll, I'll clarify a little bit. I, you know, I, I think that there are, you know, a critical mass of people out there, you know, good property managers and property marketers who are really focusing uh, on those metrics. And that's really, you know, what's helping them to be successful. I think where we're, where property managers or marketers are able to pull in new innovative concepts, you know, things like incorporating technology, you know, increasing your tech stack, diversifying the way that we're marketing apartments and frame those innovations and those changes in the context of NOI, AR, vacancy, um, you know, those, the, again, those, those key performance indicators are that are, that are traditionally attributed to, to successful, successful apartment communities, the more that, that they can build these business cases and, and really demonstrate how these new innovations can have an impact on those areas are, are going to set the, those individuals apart from, you know, the, the people who are, who are still kind of stuck in what I would call, you know, property management 1.0. You know, one of the things I, I I talked about was the differentiation between kind of the, the property manager, um, you know, again, who is, you know, clearly just focused on these metrics and the operator who is, you know, uh, looking at not just the metrics, but taking a, a, a more full look about, uh, look at the business and how not just the, the property management element or the real estate element of the business is driving success or value, but how all those other um, components, the, you know, the programmatic living, um, the, the loyalty program, the marketing program, above and beyond uh, what one would have for a simple commodity apartment building, how those are adding value to NOI accounts receivable and vacancy. And I think the more that you we can relate kind of those those human elements back to those met the, the those key metrics, we'll, we will see you know the competitive edge of of those property owners or property managers who are doing that really, really well um, increase relative to to the, the folks who are lagging behind. And I think that's really what has been the catalyst behind 
what's driving the change and what's driving this kind of evolution in, in, in property management and, and apartment operations over the last several years uh, is that people have started to see the value in that and are devoting more resources and more time to, you know, not just managing their, their buildings in the way that they've always been managed, um, but really seeing apartments as an industry as, as more of a sophisticated operation than, you know, your more simplified kind of property management model. Excellent. Um, thank you for that. Um, now, obviously, with these new changes come comes new problems to solve. Um, and, you know, in your opinion right now, like what what's the number one problem that hasn't been solved yet when it comes to, you know, marketing in, in uh, multifamily? It's a really good question. Number one problem that hasn't been solved in uh, or what's what's one that you're struggling with right now with your with, uh, you know, in your day to day that you, that... Uh, you know, I think aligning, you know, as your, as your teams are getting bigger, as there are more and more people working at your properties, ensuring that everybody is aligned to, you know, a consistent, uh, I call it a uh, purpose and promise that, you know, your purpose in terms of why, why, you know, you as a team or you as a, um, as a, a property management unit exist. I mean, kind of what that, um, you know, what that, you know, why you're all there and why you're working together, what's that common goal and aligning that with the promise that you're making to your client, whether it's your, your residents in terms of, you know, offering a differentiated level of service or, or, you know, offering a very kind of simple, straightforward apartment product, uh, which, you know, there's market for both. And, and I don't think one is, is particularly better than the other or your, your, your property owner, you know, if, if you're thinking about it from a, a site perspective, um, you know, what, what are the, the results or what are the, what are the objectives of that property owner and how are you, you know, how is the unique way that you're providing service or that you're uh, managing a property, helping them to fulfill that goal. So it's, it's really aligning uh, your team members and, and, and defining purpose and promise um, that continues to be, you know, that, that I continue to get challenged with. And, and that's simply because some people, are, you know, a, a lot of folks aren't thinking about the business that way. It's, it's, it's always, again, typically been NOI, accounts receivable and vacancy. And, and as we start to think about apartments, not necessarily just as a, com a commoditized product, but as a, a differentiated um, consumer good with a, a, a unique value proposition beyond just the four walls that we're building, the, these these people issues, these human resource issues, and these you know communicating the, the vision for a unique approach uh, is uh, is very much going to be necessary for for those property owners who are are truly wanting to be successful in the future. Yeah, sometimes you know as as marketers or um, you know even you know people who are property managers, sometimes we have to remember that we're we're dealing with humans. It's not just about, you know, uh, data or, or, or programs or, or things we're executing on. So interesting. I, I love it. Let's, there's a couple, as we, before we move into, you know, what I would say is, you know, my, my favorite part of the, the, the uh, conversation, which is the quick fire, I'm going to throw out kind of two, I guess, wild card questions. Um, the first is, you know, you know, being, you know, you strike me as someone who's a, a busy professional in the industry. Uh, you know, my question is, you know, how, how do you learn or stay up to date with, you know, the latest trends that are going on? You know, in normal circumstances, I would say uh, conferences and networking. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but, but in today's, uh, in today's kind of uh, situation, it's, it, it's, it's not as easy. Um, you know, I think that there have been some really fantastic virtual conferences or virtual events that have been put on by a number of different 
a number of different organizations that have uh, that have really helped bring um, really good content, um, really innovative content to the industry, and have helped to to continue, you know, the, the conversations that we're having about the evolution of the industry and innovation um, in a time where we're all you know very much isolated. You know, I think this year, you know, people have just you know really dug deep and uh, really had to dig deep and, and get. Uh, and get a real sense of you know what their business needs and and it focused very much internally on adapting their business to these new you know hopefully temporary uh conditions you know but but i think in terms of trying to drive innovation and staying up to date with latest trends i rely on on the teams i work with to bring forward great ideas and and i you know try to work with, you know, those folks who, who've got the, you know, who've got the seed for, you know, something that could be really fantastic or something that, you know, a resident could see value and help them, you know, build a business case for that and, and really try to frame that in the context of, you know, who the target renter is and, you know, what they, you know, how they live and what they see value in and, and help them bring that to bear. And rather than trying to stay up to date with the latest trends, you know, we're becoming trendsetters in trying new things and not being afraid to, you know, by not being afraid to, you know, potentially uh, have to uh, adjust midstream and being adaptable um, to, to how renters are, are taking up or adopting, you know, you know, these different, um, these different kind of initiatives or design elements to, to a building and being adaptable with some of those things. Um, So it's, you know, I think it's a, it's a combination. It's, it's of trying to drive trend and then just devouring content um, from a bunch of different sources and trying to interpret through the lens of that, you know, target renter, um, what makes sense for, for one specific business and what may make sense for another. Yeah. I think in in this environment, you know, experimentation is required, um, you know, to, to innovate and to, to kind of accelerate and move forward. So I, you know, I appreciate that, that answer. Now I know you're, you're a big advocate of segmentation, um, when it comes to understanding, you know, who, who your renter is for, for a particular, um, project or development, you know, so, so kind of a fun question would be, you know, if you were a developer, you know, right now, where is that narrow opportunity in, in purpose-built rentals? In other words, like what market segment do you think is currently underserved? We've been talking about millennials for the past 10 years and, uh, you know, it's the term is starting to lose <laughs> meaning. But I think I think we need to be ready for, for Gen Z, the, the next generation of renters who are coming up, who have grown up in a world where they've always had social media, where they've always had the internet, where they've always had you know, these conveniences and really understand how they live and how they want to be served. And, you know, the, again, the, the, the property owners, property managers, property developers who are able to, you know, really zero in on, on those, you know, those key and align their, you know, product positioning and, uh, and how they provide service to, you know, that renter, I think, you know, we're going to start to see some huge uptake, especially once quarantine is out and people are really getting sick of living with their parents. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Eh? Uh, I think that's great. Yeah, uh, that's a uh, yeah. I definitely agree with you on that one. Uh, okay, so before we close off, you know, we're gonna get into the quick fire round. So I'll say a statement, and you'll have about sixty seconds or less to uh, to respond. So Austin, are you ready? I'm ready. Let's All do right. it. Let's do this. So number one, who should I have on this podcast? Um, you've had some, you've had some, some, some great guests so far. You know, I, I think 
I can't think of any specific person, but you know, there are two, two, two suggestions I have. One, you know, the, the purpose-built rental industry in the United Kingdom right now, also they call it build to rent is really taking off and they're doing some really interesting stuff over there that I think, you know, Every, North, you know, everyone in North America can learn from, and and it's not just the UK; it's you know Europe in general that that's seeing this kind of emergence of a uh, of built to rent, purpose built rental, you know, multi family apartment living. Um, so it would be really cool to see um, and understand more about you know more about some of the trends that they're seeing over there, and 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 anything that we could learn there. The other other development that I had the opportunity to tour. Um, prior to the lockdown happening kind of last February uh, was Hudson Yards in Manhattan. And the way that they've married the uh, office retail residential and not just residential, but the residential for sale and the residential for rent from a marketing perspective has been really compelling. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know who's, who's behind all that, but, uh, but they've, it's a, it is a, a really stand up development. And I would, uh, I'd be very interested to hear more about what, um, you know, how they, how they brought that to life. I appreciate that. It's funny. Uh, we also see the interesting things that are going on in the UK and, and Europe in general, as far as purpose built, uh, we've been having discussions. So that's interesting. Uh, um, so I appreciate that, that, uh, feedback. So number two, what do you believe that others might disbelieve? Besides Santa Claus, um, <laughs> Claus is real kids for anybody who's listening. <laughs> under 10. You know, I, I think, you know, there is, the commercial real estate industry is very much based in in finance. Like any business is based in in its financials, but the, the people element of the apartment industry, you know, brings to bear a, a human component to the decision making process. And and while you know most things can be measured, there are just some things that metrics can't explain. You know, people the way that people react to things is a perfect example. So I think you know to be truly successful in the apartment in the apartment industry, senior leaders have got to have their finger on the pulse of those qualitative elements, and and need those to inform business cases just as much as the quantitative. Um, you know, good good data and um, good anecdote together, I think, make a really compelling business case. And ignoring or simply basing uh, decisions on metrics can only get you so far. I couldn't agree more. Number three, what have you changed your mind about lately? You know what the um, the Alberta market. I uh, I saw the Alberta market as being one um, that was uh, was not destined for any kind of a, a a resurgence or an uptick in the in the next little while. But you know, I'm starting to see signs of uh, of optimism in spite of the fact that especially in a city like cities like Calgary and Edmonton there's so much building of of purpose-built rental you know the 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 quality of product that's coming to market in those uh markets and um and the I think the the renewed optimism that uh, that we're starting to see in in those um in those areas from an economic perspective is really gonna is really um gonna start to put some focus back on Alberta over the next couple of years and I think you know I counted it out as a spot where there, you know, there wasn't a lot of opportunity, but I think that there's still going to be a tremendous amount of opportunity out there in, in the next couple of years. Yeah, it's uh, it's exciting to see for sure. All right, so number four, what is the most misunderstood thing about you? That you know that I that I'm just a marketer. I think you know when you're in a when you're in a specific marketing position, you know it, it is it's it's very easy to be kind of pigeonholed into one. Uh, area of the business, but you know, I think my background in in operations and property management's kind of put me in a in a unique, kind of multifaceted 
given me a unique multifaceted view of uh, of the industry. And so, you know, when I go into a meeting and, you know, I'm having a marketing discussion, I'm all of a sudden, um, you know, able to speak intelligently about the way a property operates um, or the way, or, or, you know, dig into, you know, property owners' desired outcomes or investment objectives, you know, that kind of get a, a bit of a double take, like, oh, you're, you're kind of know what you're talking about. So I, I would I would say not just for me, but for marketers in, in general, I think we've got, there's a lot of really great marketing talent in our industry who are, who've come up through, you know, property management, asset management, who've come in from, from different areas and really bring not just a, a marketing focus, but a whole holistic business focus and, and underestimating your marketer, I think is, uh, is, um, is, is that uh, a property owner's peril? Yeah. The one thing I always say to my team is, uh, or anyone who asks me how to be a, a better marketer is, um, to improve your business acumen or operational knowledge, whatever industry you're in. So couldn't agree more. All right. So the, really the last question is where can people find you, uh, find more about you Austin on the interweb? Um, LinkedIn search me. I'm, I'm probably one of the only Austin joins is, uh, on, on LinkedIn. I think there might be a couple of us, but, uh, but no, I, um, I, I find, I found LinkedIn a really great way to connect with folks, uh, over, especially over the pandemic. It's been, it's been really nice to, to chat to people and to, you know, get a lot of good content, um, share a lot of interesting perspectives, uh, and just, uh, and, and really just try to stay connected to people in a way that's not, uh, not in person right now. Yeah, we'll put that definitely in the show notes. Um, so, I mean, that's that's it. That's uh, that's uh, that's another episode. Austin, thanks so much for doing this. Um, I know we had some mishaps yesterday with the Wi-Fi, but uh, I'm glad we were able to reconnect and and uh, put this uh, episode in the can. Thanks, Mitch. It was great. All right. Okay. Well, until next time, keep swimming. You've reached the end of another episode of Sink or Swim. Make sure to visit us at rentsync.com slash podcast to access show notes, key takeaways, and where you can sign up to our newsletter to receive free bonus content. If you found value in this show, please also remember to rate, review, and subscribe. That's this week's episode of Sink or Swim. Don't forget to join us next time for another jam-packed episode. Thanks for listening.